today. Eyewitnesses to history. Plus, a happy Jordan in his home state and sleeping at home. Plus, when it is something more. We will explain it all when we come back here on the Fairways of Life show worldwide. Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the program on this Wednesday. Still reflecting on, rightfully so, what was an absolutely historic major championship that concluded on Sunday with Phil Mickelson becoming the oldest major champion of all time at Kiowa. Uh, Mark Carnevale is the 1992 Arnold Palmer Award recipient. That's for the Rookie of the Year. And do you know who he beat for Rookie of the Year that year? One Phil Mickelson. Uh, we welcome Carney to the program on this Wednesday. Carney, how are you? Doing great, Matty. Uh, a little tired, but uh, certainly happy to be here as always. Uh, it's it's great to have your company. So I guess that I, it, it's so hard for me to go to a particular place for this because of the size and stature of what you were there to witness. So I'm going to cast the net wide. What was it like? It, it was pretty amazing. Uh, I've been not only to some pretty special golf events, but I've been to some pretty, pretty special events athletically, you know, all together. And it's right up there. I can, I can tell you that um, for a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, one with Phil winning at the age of almost 51, uh, something that's never been done before. Uh, the fact that we had gotten to a point where fans were now back on the golf course in larger numbers than we had had at any point uh, in the last 14 months. And just the intensity and the excitement that those fans and certainly the players showed uh, having those fans back and, and certainly the importance of what eventually happened. Uh, that was pretty, uh, pretty amazing and pretty special. How much through the course of the week, Carney, did the side of, uh, on Thursday and Friday, did the side of the draw impact your ability to be in the mix come the weekend? It, you know, it was hard to tell, and Phil probably was a prime example of it, because the first three rounds, he had one really good nine and three really tough nines, you know, over par nines. Uh, I think the draw, the draw was pretty fair, although you could certainly say that on the weekend, the players that were off early uh, seemed to be able to score quite better, uh, be able to put up better numbers than the players, uh, let's say, after, you know, 1130 or noon. Uh, but that's golf. I think the it's, it's sort of a testament to not only the challenge of the golf course, but I think the setup. Uh, that Kerry Haig and the PG of America uh, employ every year is they, I think they do a fantastic job of that. Uh, so I don't, in my mind, uh, I, I don't see there was one a huge advantage. At times there probably was. Uh, certainly Phil played early uh, on uh, Thursday, uh, I believe, because mm -hmm. uh, those were the early scores, I, I think. I, I could be wrong about that. 
it's all it's kind of the whole thing's a little bit fuzzy, but it seemed that the players that played early on Thursday tended to be the ones who were on top of the leaderboard come come late in the day on Sunday. When when you looked at Phil Mickelson in the week that was kind of a two sided coin to this question. What was it about Phil Mickelson that was Phil Mickelson, quintessential in that regard? And what was it about the week that was that was different about Phil Mickelson? Well, certainly Phil thrilled the fans and, you know, hit some pretty amazing shots. Uh, you know, obviously he's one of the greatest to ever play the game. Where his actual number is, I think, is, is hard to sort of set. But I followed, you know, as with Tiger, I followed Phil quite a bit over the last 15 years on both PJ Tour Radio and PJ Tour Live. Uh, I've seen the, the, the heartbreaks. I've seen the, you know, the frustrations at times, uh, the, the mental mistakes. I, I can say this clearly and matter-of-factly. That is as focused, committed, and calm as I've ever seen Phil Mickelson on a golf course. Really? And why do you think that was, Carney? What is, is it because of the meditation and just because of the, the, the approach that he's taking, the breathing, everything that went into it? What, what would you account it to? Well, it seems to be. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it, it's, he talked about it a lot, you know, during the week. Uh, you go back recently, uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably go back the last year or so. I mean, Phil had had some, good moments in tournaments, but just wasn't able to carry through. You know, he'd make a bunch of birdies, but then he would make a bunch of bogeys and and sort of make, uh, and I wouldn't call them mental mistakes, but just uh, untimely golf shots. And it, it just, yeah, he made some mistakes on the weekend, you know, on Saturday with the tee shots at 12 and 13th. And the, the shot at 13 on Sunday, I, I don't think was that bad a shot. He just got it turned over a little too much. And the contour and everything, you know, took it into the penalty area. But, I mean, after 13, he did not hit a bad golf shot. Now, he made a couple of bogeys. He made one birdie. But I didn't see a bad golf shot. I didn't see a committed. I did not see a shot that wasn't committed to. And, uh, I, I again, I... How you could not be impressed with the way Phil played, uh, there'd be something wrong. As I said, I've seen a lot of his golf shots, but, uh, boy, it was just and – and I told him so after the round. I said, you know, that was – it was a pleasure to be out there to watch you this week because it was certainly impressive. What was his reaction to that when you said it to him? Uh, he, he thanked me, um, and I think he knows that I've been out there a lot. Uh, hmm. You know, kind of, kind of the funniest thing, and I don't know if you, you caught a glimpse of the interview I did. You know, the first thing he says coming up to the mic says, okay, we've got to let the rookie of the year thing go. That's the first <laughs> thing he said to me. I mean, you're like, he, he just wins his sixth major championship. You know, he went at 50-some years. And the first thing he says to me is, are you going to finally let this thing go? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's classic. So obviously he was in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it's funny. It's, you've covered this game enough, Matt. And, and in some ways, I would compare it a little bit to what Bryson has done. And, you know, all the, the pundits talking about 
whether or not his approach to the game was right or wrong. I, I having been out there with Phil, I mean, I even had the conversation with Fred Albers, you know, will Phil win again on the tour? I mean, obviously you'd be silly to think he wouldn't, but it's certainly the, the signs weren't there. Um, and he believed in it. Everybody around him believed in it. Uh, and that's the, that's the most important thing is that as a player, Phil Mickelson believed he could win again. He believed he could compete in major championships. And, you know, he made a lot of people look silly. You know, it was interesting that he, he never did with, with his golf swing. You talked about how well he was striking the golf ball. Uh, Carney, I was so impressed in, in the position that he had his golf swing. The, the, on the back swing, uh, the angle of his club face matched his spine angle. At the top of the swing when he was striking it really well, he got loose a couple times, but the back of his left hand matched the, the, club, the angle of his club face. It just... His club, I've never seen it so well on plane. When he got a little bit speedy, a little bit fast, it went, went even more across the line and, and, and tend to open a little bit. But by and large, that golf swing from Phil Mickelson, and I'm not sure if that's what he was talking about with his family when he said he found something and he's going to win soon. It just, honestly, it looked, it looked like the best I've ever seen Phil Mickelson swing the club. I mean, what were your impressions watching it in person? I would agree. I would say that probably 90% of the time, Phil Mickelson swung within himself. Uh, there's the occasional, yeah. you know, the occasional bomb out there, and he hit a couple coming down the stretch on Sunday at 15 and 16. But there wasn't that sort of, you know, he hit, he hit plenty of aggressive swings, but they seemed to be under control for the most part. And that's something you don't normally see. One of the things that I've always seen over Phil's career, and it's not a knock, in, in no way is it a knock against him, but Phil seemed to somehow at times mess up the easiest shots. But when Phil Mickelson focused, you know, for example, just the shot at 13 at Augusta, the shot at 10 uh, at the Players' Championship through the tree. I mean, I'm not sure there's a player – but a handful of players who've ever focused that much and were able to pull off shots that you would think, well, there's no way he could do this. But I would, without question, he appeared to swing uh, within himself more often. Now, there was one thing I noticed on Sunday, and I was, and I didn't ask, you know, because you kind of get in the mix, and I wanted to ask him about it, but for most of the week, Phil putted with a conventional grip, at least on the weekend. So he gets the 17, and you know he hits the shot over the, over the green into the long uh, native grass, and just pops it out there, knocks the putt, misses the par putt, and it was the first time on the weekend I saw him go to that claw or paint push, grip, and I meant to ask him about it. And again, you, you you think of so many things you want to ask and talk about, but that was I found that curious, but he seemed to be more committed to his standard. The, the standard putting grip for most of the week as well. Yeah, that I did see, I saw a quote from him. It was actually a communication. You're going to get a kick out of this, Carney, because he was so active on social media following his win, and I love it. I love that he was engaging. Uh, but it was Justin Thomas that made the observation that you did. I think Nick Faldo said it on the CBS broadcast as well. But Justin Thomas made the observation in that forum and kind of put it out there for Phil, and Phil answered him. And mm-hmm. Phil said that where the ball was, as I'm interpreting his words and paraphrasing, that it was a slight depression 
and he was afraid that if he did his standard forward press by de-lofting the putter, it could drive right. it into the little depression and cause it to hop. And that by by using the pencil grip, the claw grip, he he could he doesn't it's a, it's a vertical shaft, sure. so he doesn't yeah. have to forward press, and it would keep it more yeah. online. I, so. When he came back with that, and he was way more detailed and technical than that. And, and again, paraphrasing, but JT came back and said, that was the most Phil Mickelson answer you could possibly give me. Keep being you. <laughs> no, no question. And the fact that he was that cognizant of it. Yeah. In the moment. Do that. On the 71st hole of a major championship where he had, you know, at the time, he was going to lose the, lose a shot of the three-shot lead. I mean, that's, again, I don't – it, it, we, people talk about Phil all the time, and, and everybody has different views on Phil. Uh, but he certainly thinks about everything. Uh, there's a reason for everything. And as I said, I, I, and, I, and I said this kind of in, in, in the broadcast, when you think of Phil Mickelson and the fact that he played most of his career in the Tiger Woods era, and Tiger set all these historic numbers, yeah, somewhat fitting – that Phil Mickelson is able to create some history of his own uh, in that situation uh, there at, at the PGA Championship, winning it. Uh, it's kind of fitting because, you know, he'll get he'll, – he'll somewhat be overlooked in a lot of ways in the fact that he was never number one in the world, you know, maybe or maybe not, didn't live up to how many major championships he would win. But for Phil Mickelson to set – the record for being the oldest to win a major championship, somewhat fitting to me. Yeah, it is curious, too, uh, with everything that you just described. And, you know, here we have Tiger rehabbing his, his broken leg down, down in South Florida to wonder if all that did was just further whet <laughs> his appetite to be back out there competitively again if he can. I would think so. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at the seriousness of what Tiger is dealing with, uh, and what he's dealt with uh, throughout his career with the injuries. You know, if there's anyone that would ever be able to make it back and be able to compete again, it would be Tiger Woods. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see him. Hopefully he'll be able to do the things he wants to do. And if it is competing, that's great. But I, I you know, I thought it was great, you know, that he, you know, tweeted something out about Phil and uh, because, when you look at not only obviously the PGA Championship, Matt, but the Masters tournament, pretty special winners so far this year. And when you look back on what this world and this country has done, dealt with in the last 15 months, pretty exciting that that's you know the, at the moment those are the uh, sort of the, the figureheads of, of the game of golf, and you throw in Justin Thomas with the players, uh, pretty good. There's no doubt about that, Carney. Now, I want to ask you about 18 on Sunday, and yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, it's, as a person that loves the Open, obviously, as well, I love to see that the fans came out. I know it wasn't planned. I get all that. But it was a catharsis. It, it was, it was a, a moment of shared emotion and joy. Where were you? What was it like for you? So I was – we were back off the tee. We were uh, – I was walking up with a, a good friend of Carl Paulson's who actually was a caddy there. And he fills his favorite player, so he came back out and was walking with me. Um, so we're up, we're up probably you know, a hundred yards off the tee. We watch the tee shots. I walk up uh, the left side of the fairway. I go look at 
at Phil's tee shot. I cross over to the right, get a glimpse of uh, Brooks Kepka's lie in, in the first cut, and then I move up the right side, probably 20, 25 yards short of the green. Uh, it gave me a great angle, not only to where the, the whole location of the flag, but I could look back, I could see Phil, I could see Brooks, and I kind of turned around, and you know, you kind of in the moment, all of a sudden, uh, Worm, the guy that was with me, said, can you believe that? And I look back, and the interesting about 18, it's kind of, even though the tee is elevated, the green has like a hill in it, and you get to the top of the hill, and you kind of play down uh, to the green, there was this mass of people that were lining up sort of there. And as I said, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't probably planned. Uh, they probably should have gotten a sense of it based on the numbers that I saw out there week. And that's a whole nother story we could talk about, Matt. But it was so I was started, you know, Phil hit his shot, hit a beautiful approach. Uh, Brooks was getting ready to hit. He had to back off four or five times because they were, they were so close that shadows were kind of getting in the way. And at this point, you know, Phil's got a two-shot lead. You don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. even though Phil hit it to 16 feet, so it was highly unlikely unless Brooks made birdie that there was going to be any possibility that there would be, uh, you know, any semblance of a possible playoff. But it was, I mean, it, we're not talking it was four or five deep. I mean, there was 20 or 30 people deep behind the players. And so I got up, I walked up the right side of the green, walked around behind it. You know, Phil had somehow managed to get through, but Brooks was still back there. And I thought it was, it was amazing that there were that many people there. And I don't know if it was a culmination of a lot of things. Because obviously, if, if you've been out to PGA Tour events or golf, professional golf events, Phil's without question a favorite. Uh, in, in some ways, you know, this represented maybe the people's champion. Uh, yes. But it was amazing. I know it, it, it got out of control, and I can understand Rooks's concern, and even Phil's, you know, said it was a little unnerving. But it, it certainly reminded me of, of what you were referring to, the, the Open Championship reminded me of, what happened at East Lake in 2018 when Tiger won there. Yeah. But this was bigger. I mean, it was bigger. And it just was, it was something to behold. I thought it was fantastic, Carney. I loved seeing it. So thank you for, for recounting for us. The last thing I want to ask you before you go, though, Carney, is when and where will we see you next? Well, I get a week off <laughs> this week, so I'm chilling out at home. Uh, next week I will be on site for – PJ Tour Radio at the Memorial. Then I will be doing, uh, I'll be an analyst for PGA Tour Live in the studio in St. Augustine. I will go out to the Open Champion, or the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Then I will travel to the Travelers Championship. Yeah, baby. And then I will go to uh, Rocket Mortgage for PGA Tour Live. So I've got a little bit of a busy schedule up the next five weeks. but You've always got a busy schedule. Okay. Uh, it's great to be out there. There's a lot of energy not only from the players, but, but the fans now. It's going to be interesting to see how golf proceeds going forward. Um, but it's been fun, that's for sure. It's always fun having you on the program, my friend. Mark Carnevale is a 1992 Arnold Palmer Award recipient for Rookie of the Year. 
I'm not going to let it go. The guy that he took down for the award was Phil Mickelson. But thank you very much, my friend. It was great to catch up with you. You got it, Maddie. Take care. Best to you and your family. Thank you so much. Carney joining us to start the show on this Wednesday. You heard him mention the Travelers Championship. Nathan Grube is the tournament director of the Travelers Championship. And he's jumping on with us live right now on this Wednesday. Nathan, how are you? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. It's always great to hear Mark, too. That was fun to catch the last end of that. But uh, good to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. At your, again, at your field is, is already shaping up to be stout. Paul Casey, Jason Day, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Justin Rose, Bubba Watson, Brooks Kepka, on and on and on and on and on. It's amazing. I ask you this question all the time. You never really give me the answer on it. It's always shrouded in mystery. How do you get the fields that you get at the Travelers Championship year in and year out? I Listen, we've talked about this. Uh, Andy Bissett with Travelers is out there with, uh, with the tournament, and we go out and talk to the guys. And I remember back in 07 when, when Travelers took over his title, we had the date the week after the Open, the U.S. Open, and people said, you are never going to get a good field. And you know Andy well enough to know when somebody says that, he's like, oh, yeah, watch this. And so we just literally, I mean, we went on tour and just asked guys what we could do to make the tournament better. What can we do? What can we do? And the answer is, it, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was, as we poked down and got to know the guys and their wives and the caddies and stuff like that, it was so many little things. Matt, it was how we ran daycare. It was how we ran our shuttle program. It was how we treated the caddies. It was what we did at the airport. It was, you know, a hundred little things that added up to, I mean, I think it was Zach Johnson said it a couple of years ago. He said, man, it feels like I'm coming home when I come here. And when you get a tour player to say that when they're on the road 30 weeks a year, that's just awesome to hear. So we just try to make it feel like they're coming home. When, when people ask you about the, the travel, you're, when you're traveling, say, doing, doing your thing or going out to recruit players or what have you, and they ask you about what you are, who you are, maybe uninitiated. If I asked you the question some, somewhere along that path, Nathan, what is the soul of the Travelers Championship? What would that core answer be? I, I would say it's, it's a belief that this event isn't ours. It's theirs. Okay, now, now what does that mean? It means we look at everybody as our customer, players, the fans, the media, and there is a general mentality that starts with travelers and how they deal with their customers is, hey, this isn't ours. Like, who cares what we think? What do our customers want? And then how do we give them what they want? So I think there is a general core belief that we don't feel like we own this. This isn't our tournament. This belongs to everybody else. And how do we make that tournament what they want it to be? And then you just go, I mean, it, the ripple effect of that mentality is, you know, it, it impacts us. So I would say that's probably at the core is we don't, we don't think, we don't think we own it. And we're just here to show people, Hey, you know, come to our event. It's like, no, this is your event. How do we make it better for you, for everybody that we talk to? It's interesting that you reference it in terms of their, if we, if we define theirs, plural, as constituencies, you have multiple constituencies from, from mm-hmm. your massive army of volunteers to, to those who attend the, the tournament with, with great enthusiasm in Southern Connecticut as, as the major sporting event that's taking place there. But you guys reach out into the community in a way that is so distinctive and so unique. And yes, I'm talking about Hole in the Wall Game Camp, and I'm talking about all of the other organizations in those lives. 
that you touch and you impact because of the Travelers Championship. As that has evolved during your tenure, Nathan, how important is it to who you guys are and how in, and in what way? And I'm not talking about the money that you guys generate, which is mm-hmm. massive, but I'm curious about how and what way do you feel that that gives back? All right, I'm going to take you back a year, right? So when, when we were announced that we were going to be part of this return to golf in 2020, but we weren't going to have any fans, there was going to be no corporate support, like there was going to be no revenue stream for the tournament, right? We, we've always said since, you know, we, we've been here that, hey, the net proceeds go to charity, um, you know, and that means, hey, people buy stuff, you know, you have to build it, but whatever the net proceeds are, go to, the, go to charity. But we were in this situation where in 2020, there were no net proceeds. There was no, there was nothing to sell, right? So we had no revenue coming in and we went out to our sponsors and said, kind of like, hey, what do you, what do you want to do this year? You know, do you want to like, like, how do you want this to go? Do you, you know, you know what we're about. And so many of our sponsors said, look, you have made such a clear connection between the tournament and the community and the charities. Like we know what this tournament's about and we know who ultimately impacts or gets impacted by this. So take our entire sponsorship fee and give it to charity. And we had to the tune of, you know, $1.6 million that happened. And when you have that, that messaging take hold and that understanding of these, you know, Fortune 100 companies that have to make, you know, very, uh, very calculated and specific, you know, decisions on how they're sponsoring sporting events and what they're doing and where's their logo going to go. And when they say, you know what, we know what you're about and we know we're not going to get anything from this this year, take our entire sponsorship fee. When you have built that connection between who you are and the impact that your tournament has on the community. It was so powerful to see that last year that our sponsors understood it. You know, they weren't just out here supporting a PGA Tour event and seeing the best golfers in the world. They understood what we were about. When you see that and that, that impact, that was, that was very, um, uh, it's very powerful to see the community understand what we're about. Because we talk about it, but then when they get it and they understand it and they back it up with funds, that was really, really important for us. That is very amazing. Cool uh, speaking of, we, I don't think that we've had an update from you personally since you were on with us last time with Andy after the fire at the hole in the wall game camp. How are things going for the hole in the wall game camp? What's the status right now? They're going, they're going awesome, Matt. I mean, you, you spend three minutes with anybody from camp and just hope bubbles out of everybody. I mean, the, the parents, the kids, the people that work there, they're just, they're always hopeful. They're always like, Hey, you know what, here's where we are, you know, like I, I, I'm, I, I'm sick, I'm this, but you know what, I'm going to go to camp or, or here's where this is, but th- we're going to rebuild. Like it's, it's contagious when you spend time with anybody from camp. So when you, when you um, reference that fire, I mean, they're getting ready to start the rebuild process um, and they're just, they're, they're moving forward and the kids are excited. The parents are excited. And when we were able to come out with that and you helped us get the message out um, to, to your listeners and your viewers about this, when, when basically the, the entire, you know, community came out and supported them to the tune of, hey, we're going to be there to rebuild camp. Like mm-hmm. camp was, was moved by that. The parents, the kids, like everybody. So they're doing great. They're, they're excited about their future. And, and it's just they're, they're a hopeful group of people that they're just inspiring to be around. And you spend time with the kids, the parents, and, and it's just it's a, it's a powerful, powerful place. And I just feel like we can't do enough to support them because the magic that happens out there. 
That, that is awesome, Nathan Groove, who is the tournament director of the Travelers Championship. We're talking about all things Travelers the week after the U.S. Open at TPC River Highlands. So multi-part question for you to wrap up here. I know that tickets are on sale. I've seen the press release. We were talking about it featured on yesterday's program that you can get tickets to the Travelers Championship, but I know you also have, as always, accommodations that you make for special groups, including the military. So wonder if you could take us down that road of how the fans can engage. Sure. So when we, again, kind of like moving fast forward from 20 to 21, we knew we were going to have a limited capacity and really we're going to be at about 10,000 per day when, you know, typically that's, you know, three to four X that when you look at, you know, historically, but when you looked at a limited capacity, it was like, man, we've always had these military ticket programs, kids ticket programs, um, you know, healthcare worker programs where, you know, we, we really made an effort to give access to, the, to those groups. We were, we were like, how are we going to still do that with so many fewer tickets? And again, we had sponsors go, how do I subsidize the tickets for these groups to make sure these programs are still going to exist? Wow. So we had a partner come in with, with, with Trinity that said, look, we want to buy military tickets and give them to the military. You know, Stanley came in and said, we want to buy tickets for kids so that they can still get access. So these programs didn't just, you know, come out of the benevolence of like, oh, let's run a ticket program. Like we have limited inventory this year. We still have to figure out a way to, to, to raise funds. And we couldn't have done it without these partners literally, again, writing a check to say, we're going to subsidize 2,000 people here, 2,000 people here, 4,000 people here. And it's just awesome. So if you go to TravelersChampionship.com, we have three ticket programs that are up, kids, frontline healthcare workers, and military. And the fact that we're able to still provide those, I have to give complete kudos to those partners who 100% subsidize the programs. How much did it, did it make your heart a flutter when your multiple-time Travelers Championship victor in Phil Mickelson ends up making history this past weekend, becoming the oldest to ever win a major. It, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I mean, watching that, I mean, obviously, I mean, Phil's career is just, it, it's like a, it's a movie, right? I mean, it's so much fun to watch the ups and downs and then the, the coffee and the, the, I mean, his commercials and you never know when he's serious. Like, he's just, Phil, Phil's an icon, right? And it was great, to, obviously, the last few years to see him back and uh, you know playing travelers and i think he had the lead after the second round and uh, i think it was last year i can't remember exactly when it was but to see him and tim back and you know i mean he loves coming here but just he's i don't know it's a guy you want to hang out with right like you want to hang out with that guy off the golf course and some of his responses the night after he won i was following some of that stuff on twitter i mean oh and social media funny. Like, there's no other way around it like he's funny He's engaging. He's awesome. I mean, it's 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 a blast, and uh, you know, I, I wish him the best. And it's great to see what he's doing. Um, so yeah, no, and he and he loves the tournament. He loves playing here. He he'd been off for a couple of years, and then he came back for a couple of years. So you know, we hope to see him this year. Um, but he's just uh, he is just fun to watch at every level. Well, Nathan, I think all of it, even visually, it speaks to your commitment as a tournament director and as a tournament that the austerity to make sure that the net proceeds go to charity. They still obviously have you in some type of a mill that's, that's very distressed in the background. <laughs> hey, your background looks very similar to mine. Let's take a look at your bricks. Come on. Those not like those are freshly painted. Come on. <laughs> Great to see you, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you a couple weeks down the road. Matt, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. TravelersChampionship.com for more information and everything that Nathan Groove, the tournament director of the Travelers, was sharing with us on this morning. I can tell you because I've been a part of it for decades, it is one of the most special events anywhere 
on the PGA Tour calendar, and it's because of what we were touching on. It's the soul of the event, not just a world-class athletic competition. It is all of those things. We had a great day yesterday with Ben Hogan Golf. Thank you to them for the hospitality. we got all kinds of video stuff done. It's, you can find it on the website in just a couple of weeks down the road. I do want to mention something to you, though, that some of you are dealing with, I know, pain. Whatever kind of pain it is, if you're a golfer, if you're an athlete, if you're a human, you're dealing with some kind of pain. Feet, ankles, knees, hips, lower back, middle back, upper back, neck, shoulders, elbows, hands. I can go on. Wrists, right? Biofit360.com. Check them out today. They have safely abstracted the CBD oil from the hemp plant, and they will make sure that whatever it is that ails you is something that you can deal with, and why not deal with it? Why not? Maybe you just want to sleep better. Check it out. Biofit360.com for more information. When we come back, you're going to hear from none other than Jordan Spieth right here on the Fairways of Life show. Stay with us. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products. So I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup-style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. 
That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects, Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, and Gil Hansen's Black Course. Secluded by thousands of acres, the greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com All right, let's get you up to speed on what's going on in the world of golf this week. First of all, PXG's new Gen 4 golf clubs are the most advanced, best-performing clubs we've ever made. Packed with innovations, aluminum vapor technology, precision weighting technology, X-Core technology, and more. Gen 4 irons, drivers, fairways, and hybrids deliver incredible ball speed, distance control, sound, and feel. Visit pxg.com or call 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. This week, the Charles Schwab Colonial on the PGA Tour at the famed Colonial Country Club. Notables scheduled in the field. Daniel Berger, Tony Finau, Sergio Garcia, Sun J.M., Matt Kuchar, yep, Phil Mickelson, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Reed, Justin Rose, uh, and one Jordan Spieth, who you're going to hear from in just a second. Coverage times for it will be as follows. Starting Thursday at 4 p.m. on Golf Channel. Friday at 4 p.m. on Golf Channel. On Saturday, the third round will be at 2.30 on Golf Channel. And then CBS at 5.30. And on Sunday... It'll be at 1 p.m. on Golf Channel and 2 p.m. on CBS because of the scheduling and it's around. It's the 75th anniversary of the first time the tour played at Colonial when Ben Hogan won the first annual tournament in 1946. And it's a just 74th tournament as the event was not held in 49 and in 75. Every edition of the event has been played at the Colonial Country Club. Daniel Berger won last year's event in June when the tournament was the first one back after the PGA Tour's three-month coronavirus hiatus. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Visaki was given a special exemption in the field. He's the emotional, uh, the phone call to his father if you saw in the Monday qualified for the Valspar Championship went viral on social media and caught the eye of the tournament sponsor, Charles Schwab, who offered him a spot in the field. Very cool. As of Monday morning, Phil Mickelson, the record-setting champion of last week's 2021 PGA Championship, remains in the field. And as far as I know, that is the case as of this Wednesday morning as well. On the LPGA, it will be the Bank of Hope LPGA match play at Shadow Creek. Notables include Austin Ernst, Ali Ewing, Brooke Henderson, Aria Jutanagar, Daniel Kang, uh, Si Young Kim, Se Young Kim, uh, Jin Young Ko, Minji Lee, Stacey Lewis, Envy Park, Sophia Popoff amongst them. This will be the first match play event on the LPGA Tour since 2017. It's being held at Shadow Creek. That's that ultra-exclusive course outside of Las Vegas. Uh, hosting an LPG event there for the very first time. Las Vegas resident Natalie Golbis was given a sponsor's exemption in the field. She was given the exemption when Michelle Wee West, who was also given an earlier exemption into the field, had to withdraw from the tournament. The PGA Tour champions, we have a major underway. It's the KitchenAid Senior 
PGA Championship. And a guest who will be joining us on the program in just a little bit is in the field, a multiple-time winner on the PGA Tour. And again, one of the voices that was on site at the PGA Championship we'll talk about. The tournament was not held in 2020. It was last played in 2019. Uh, at the Oak Hill Country Club. It's the oldest major championship on the PGA Tour champions, dating back to 1937. Sam Snead won the tournament a record six times. On the European Tour, it'll be the Made in Himmerland event that will be taking place in Denmark. And don't forget, the NCAA Women's Division I Championship is underway as well. You can catch that coverage on Golf Channel. News came out yesterday that the LPGA named their new commissioner, Molly Marku Salmon has been named the new commissioner of the LPGA. If you do the research on Molly, really impressive. Not only impressive academically, graduating magna cum laude, but impressive in terms of what she accomplished business. She was an executive that owned and ran the Chelsea Piers, uh, not only in New York, but also the, the, the Connecticut operation. Uh, was an absolutely award-winning athlete in multiple sports. She's a five-time club champion on the golf side. Uh, she played hockey. She played soccer. She was named to the, the uh, team of the decade. Uh, she graduated in the, in the early 1990s. Really impressive resume, and I'm sure everybody feels the same way that we're all looking forward to getting to know her even better. All right, one who we feel like we know pretty well, but certainly seems like he's happy right now is Jordan Spieth. He's back in Texas and reminds me of a cartoon that I saw one time of, a, of a, an elderly man, probably grandfather, with his arm around his grandson. And he said, son, don't ever ask a man if he's from Texas, because if he is, he'll tell you. And if he isn't, you'll only embarrass him. Here's Jordan Spieth talking about being happy about being home. Uh, Texans are proud of Texas, and I'm no different. Um, I love being here. Um, I think, you know, you, you, have, you obviously have to play in wind. Um, it's kind of got its own identity, the state of Texas, golf in the state of Texas. And so I think when, you, when you're used to it, um, I think it's a little bit of an advantage. But at the same time, you know, I mean, all these golf courses that we play in the state are very different from each other. Uh, but the one constant is that you're going to get a couple different wind directions. Um, you're going to have to really kind of control the ball with your short irons into greens, and Colonial's no different on that front. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like it's nice to be able to sleep in my own bed. That's always great for a tournament week. Um, kind of don't use quite as much energy up. You're able to recover a little bit better. And um, and like I mentioned, I mean, Colonial is probably I've probably been the most successful at this one out of any of them. So. Um, coming in feeling in pretty good form, just need to kind of tighten things up and um, and let kind of the tournament kind of settle into the rounds. Sometimes it's a mechanical thing. Sometimes it's just putts didn't go in. Sometimes it's a speed thing. Um, for me, last week was a little combination of things. So I, I've got quite a bit of work to do, um, but I know what it is. I just have to put in the work to, to get it dialed in. And I think hopefully just being on greens that I've seen putts go in before, um, very, you know, having similar putts and just being confident in the reads um, will be a something that'll that'll really be helpful this week. But yeah, I, I haven't looked up bounce back tournaments off of off of not so good um, putting performances. It's more for me, like, hey, do I when I'm over it, do I feel comfortable about my stroke feel starting this ball online? And then I think probably my biggest strength in the game of golf is green reading and um, and speed control. So. A lot of times it's just kind of picking that right line and, and then starting the ball, um, feeling confident through the stroke on just being able to be outwardly focused versus focused on the stroke. 
And um, I think that's obviously very important for any professional golfer. They'll say when they can be um, reactive versus um, thinking about, you know, their stroke, they're going to be a lot more successful. And um, so I've got a little bit of kind of extra work to do this week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I hope hopefully just being on surfaces that I've had success on in the past, that can kind of speed up the process of being right where I want to be. You felt that Hill could close the deal on Sunday. What, what was your reaction to, to how he did that? And, and uh, also, just can you speak a little bit about his longevity? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I thought it'd be very, very difficult. You know, I mean, he hadn't, he hadn't just, he hadn't been in contention in quite a while in, on the PGA Tour, you know, um, against the guys he was in contention with, right? I mean, I know he's won many times on the championship, and I think he might, I haven't heard anything he said afterwards, but I think he might, um, that might have been something that had been helpful for him as he was coming down the stretch, just having won golf tournaments in the last couple of years, regardless of where it is. Um, I think that helped, but it's just so difficult to just be in contention for the first time in a while and be able to tap um, into that confidence I think that, that you're helped. supposed to be there and you're supposed to win. And um, it's like, it seems like all the great ones have that one left um, at the end. And I, I know he'll probably tell you, maybe he thinks he's got more than one left. Um, I don't think anybody will doubt him after this one, but I think it's just wild. I think it's incredible. Um, his streak of not being outside the top 50 in the world for however long that was um, is going to be a very difficult task for anybody going forward to match. Um, and then to win a tournament, let alone a major championship at 50, um, with how young and stacked the game has gotten is is just an incredible feat. And I think the way he handled Saturday and Sunday when he did make mistakes to, um, especially on that back nine on Saturday, to then close that back out and, and remain in the lead, I, I mean, it just, it was typical Phil. Um, you know, there was going to be some excitement and when he got in trouble, he got out of it. And um, all in all, you know, he, it was a very difficult golf course in the wind where you got to drive the ball very well and then control iron shots. And I think, um, you know, that he obviously did it better than anybody else. Um, but the one thing out there is if you do get into trouble, there's no one else you'd rather have hitting that shot from a tough spot around the greens. And I think that kind of scrambling and making some putts early in that tournament was a difference maker for him. Jordan, I'm just curious, did you ever, uh, you know, try to get Phil's autograph or follow him back in the day and as a kid? And then also, do you remember the first time, is there a good story from the first time you met him? I did. Yeah. Um, I did. I, I actually, I think I, st I still have it. I actually know where it is now that I mention it. I have the Sports Illustrated when he, the jump, when he won the Masters, um, when he was in, you know, midair, you know, six feet off the ground. Um, and with his signature on it, I think I got, I want, I won it in an auction at like my sister's school when I was really young. Um, you know, I must've been like 12 or 13 or 14 or something. And, but I remember going out and following him because he would come to the Byron Nelson and play. Um, I came to the Colonial a couple times in grade school as well, um, and he's always been good at this tournament. So uh, first time meeting Phil, I remember the first time I was paired with him, I think, was 2013 in the playoffs. 
and uh, it was the final round of the Deutsche Bank, and I played really well. And then he went out and called Freddie Couples to help get me on to the President's Cup team. So my first kind of playing with him encounter was couldn't have gone any better. Uh, but I mean, over the years, just being in rooms with him at those team events is probably the most memorable times with him. Um, but also any round that you play, just how he treats everybody. Um, obviously the thrill of watching his rounds of golf um, where he could go shoot, he could have six birdies in a row. He could also, um, you know, hit a drive onto a different hole and still make birdie. Uh, and he could look, you know, like he's, I mean, it's just, it's filled with thrill, right? I mean, um, and I've, it's just so much fun talking to him. He's got a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he's always been really helpful to the younger guys on getting us pumped up, inspired, somebody you could always bounce ideas off of, and to have some a top, you know, whatever you want to call him, 10 or 5 or wherever he's going to be, a place in the game uh, in history, to have that person and be so welcoming and be so good to the younger generation out here too, and then set the example that he has, um, I think we're really lucky with that. I don't think, you know, in life or in other sport, you'd necessarily get that kind of opportunity open up. And I was fortunate to kind of have that just by watching him. Jordan Spieth addressing the media yesterday out at Colonial. Great event, great golf course. They're going to do, I, I just heard this news recently, they're going to do a massive renovation there, massive renovation. We're going to bring in Gil Hans. And their intent is to bring the golf course back to the way it was originally designed and played back in the day when Ben Hogan was dominating there. Uh, you can dominate in the world of golf yourself, in whatever world of golf you dwell in, with Tour Edge, pound for pound, the industry leader in performance and innovation. They recently announced their all-new exotic 721 series Meadowoods and Irons, ultra-premium sticks that have already made it into play of several PGA Tour champions players and no doubt will be in play this week at a major at the the PGA Senior PGA Championship. Uh, they feature all new design concepts, groundbreaking technology from the Tour Edge R&D team that takes the Exotic 721 Series to an entirely new level of performance. Uh, it includes more speed on off-center hits, uh, a higher launch, and that's combined with lower spin properties for perfected sound and feel. Innovation breakthroughs include the new Ridgeback support system in the metals and the VibraCore performance, the TPU and the Irons Plus Diamond Face 2.0 technology in the entire series that will provide the ultimate in power and feel. To see the new Exotic 721 and to find a local dealer, all you have to do is visit touredge.com today. More of the Fairways of Life show coming up after these words. And don't forget, still coming up on the show today, a multiple-time champion on the PGA Tour. Really distinctive history in and of this person's own making. But we're going to talk about the making of history that George, or that uh, Phil had this past weekend at the PGA Championship because this was one more eyewitness to all that took place. Stay with us. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, 
Would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoyneGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear, and where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Wednesday. Pleasure to have your company from wherever you are joining us around the globe. I'm actually holding a, a, a Sim 2 Max driver in my hand. I was listening to that last break, the PJ Tour Superstore. Dom, can we tell the world when we're going to be broadcasting from their headquarters? Yeah, I guess if you want to. Hmm. I, technically, it's your decision. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, tell them. Sure. Tell them what's going on because we're, we're going to do that. We're going to do the... the uh, the LPGA PGA Championship, the women's... Yes, L- the uh, KPMG PGA KPMG. Championship is going to be held Thank at the Atlanta Athletic Club, which is literally miles away from the PGA Tour Superstore's headquarters and one of their giant, giant, giant stores, the size of 20 Walmarts. It's uh, just outside Atlanta. there, And we'll broadcast from that location and then from the KPMG PGA Championship, the women's PGA Championship, and that is, I'm looking at my phone to make sure I have the dates correct. It is June 21st and June 22nd. So I'm very excited about that. I'll be down there with you. We're going to bring um, our engineer Wes with us. It's going to be like a whole Fairways of Life party. Roadshow. 
for the fairways of life as we Road as we go yeah. screaming up the 95. So you heard me mention that I was holding this Sim 2 driver in my hand. This is the Sim 2 Max, uh, and we've got the Titleist TCI 2 driver here as well. If you've been watching the show through the course of May, you've seen the drivers. If you're listening to us, and I, then I will fill you in accordingly that we are giving these two drivers away to two of you. Uh, follow Facebook uh, is uh, Fairways of Life's uh, homepage. Just look up Fairways of Life on Facebook, and you'll find us and follow it. Uh, and on YouTube, you need to subscribe. They use different semantics for for each. But uh, if you subscribe to us on on Facebook, and if you follow us on on uh, or you know you subscribe to us on on YouTube, and you follow us on Facebook, so I get the terminology correctly, uh, you'll be in the running. Uh, YouTube is where we'll be giving away the SIM2 driver, as Andrew puts it up on the screen behind me, and on Facebook is where we'll be giving away the TSI2 driver. You don't have to do anything other than to follow and subscribe, again, to use their terminology, which basically means that when we go on the air, it's a live broadcast or what have you, you'll get a little notice so, I mean, you're already partaking in the program, and we thank you for that. So now you'll know when we go on live or what have you. It is interesting, though, with, with the fact that the show is, is crossing, you know, all time zones around the world now, that the vast majority of the people that consume the program consume it after our live window. Although we feel like the show, because it's always been live for 15 years of our existence, that it's important to stay live because of the vibe and everything else that goes into it. So that's the the combination therein. So anyway, you've got a chance to win these two drivers and all you have to do is uh, accordingly. What was that, Dom? He's talking to me in my head. All you have to do is just follow I was follow just saying that I've been doing this show 15 years with you and it's way, it doesn't make any sense to someone listening or watching. Um, it literally doesn't make sense. But it is way easier to do this show live than to try and do anything on tape. Way oh, yeah. easier. I don't know. I, it was I don't even know that. Maybe that... Does that speak poorly of us? <laughs> no, it's but it, it is universal. Like, and the occasions where things were going on at Golf Channel and we would have to record segments or shows, whether it was Morning Drive then or, or Golf Central, it took forever because it's natural when people speak. If you listen to anybody, at any conversation anywhere, restaurant or whatever, you know, we all, we're always stumbling over our words or trying to find the right word or what have you. It's just conversation. It's, it's communication. Well, when you're recording something, it's always kind of like, um, well, you stumbled over that a little bit. Why don't we try it one more time, see if we, if we can get it perfect. And the more you're trying to get it perfect, you're like, um, um, um. And that's part of what adds to it. And everybody does that. Like the guy that was going to run the video might be a little bit late on the switch. If we're a little bit late on the live show, we just roll with it. That's just the way it goes. And it is all okay at that. Uh, Dom, what do you have in terms of press conference schedules down at Colonial today? I'm curious when, when and if Phil is going to address the media again. Yeah, they they've been they've made actually a number of changes to the press conference schedule. Uh, this is a very common occurrence after a major championship. Um, you know, I was talking to Carney before he came on, and he and remember Carney was covering the event, mm -hmm. and Carney was like, "I am exhausted." <laughs> Yeah, I I had sent him a message on Monday and said, hey, you should come on the show. And he sent me a message like the next day saying I was asleep. I just woke up. So the drain physically and mentally for the, the players following a major championship is always 
unbelievable. And so at the the week following at a tour event, they they predetermine the press conference schedule. They go through players and agents, and they you know, hey, can you do this time, that time? Let's do Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. And they changed the schedule quite a bit. Uh, Jordan Spieth was scheduled on Wednesday. Obviously, you just heard from Jordan Spieth. He moved it to, to yesterday. Um, and there are a few players that I'm going to tell you about right now who were not even on the schedule who are now on the schedule. So later on today, following their, their pro-ams, which remember now on the PGA Tour, those are nine-hole pro-ams. All right. Phil Mickelson will be speaking. Colin Morikawa will be speaking. Daniel Berger will be speaking, and Patrick Reed will be speaking. Now, a lot of that is new. Oh. That's new. That's just happened, taking place in the last, you know, eight hours or so. They've made some decisions to do those things. So those guys will all be speaking later this afternoon, Texas time, and we will bring all of that to you guys tomorrow on the show so you can hear from Phil and some of the others. It'll be interesting to see how Phil feels, how he's talking, what his mindset is. It's been a couple of days now. In theory, in theory, some of these things have settled a little bit more. So it'll be interesting to see how he's sort of digesting all of, all, all of what's happening. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, although my personal opinion is, is he doesn't have to prove anything out there today or this week. Uh, all he has to do is just go out and have fun and share the experience with the people again. And if he plays well, that's just a bonus. So I, I think it, it's tremendous. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention to you, kind of these housekeeping items, is our Boeing trip uh, that's coming up in September, Fairways of Life dot com slash boyne 2021 fairways of life dot com slash boyne 2021 is where you can get all the details of when we're going up there in september and we pick september for a very specific reason namely that we know it's going to be absolutely gorgeous there and as most of the country is starting to head into the warmer months uh, it's certainly hitting here in florida and i suspect that you're getting some some warm days and warm weeks and will and prospect wherever you live. By the time we get to September, it looks and feels just like the video you're watching right now on the television side. Uh, that is where we're going to be staying, Bay Harbor. Uh, there's, there's these cottages that look like, like New England houses along the left side of the main hotel. You can see one in that shot right there on the left, and then they'll do a close-up shot of it coming up here in just a second. You can see... The, the beach setting that's along the Lake Michigan, there's the, the cottages, which are absolutely fantastic. And we're calling this a Fairways of Life family reunion. It's an opportunity for us to get together, and maybe it'll be a cathartic moment for us, just like Sunday at the PGA, where we're all just hanging out together for the first time in a long time and not really worrying about anything else other than friendship and golf and laughing and taking advantage of all the things that there are to do. That's the clubhouse over it. Bay Harbor, where we'll be broadcasting from multiple days. And this is a view of the Lynx course, which was designed by Arthur Hills, a brilliant designer. And it's a brilliant experience because it sits high on these cliffs above Lake Michigan uh, at the Inland Sea, such as it is. And you feel like you're at Pebble or, or someplace like that. I mean, look at these videos. So fairwaysoflife.com slash Boyne. 2021 is where you can get more information on what we're going to be doing. And the reason why we're saying, hey, bring your spouse. If he or she plays, it doesn't matter because there's so many other things to do. Remember, they do have 10 golf courses, yes, but they've got everything else to do as well. They've got this zip lining. Look at this. Look at this zip lining. This is also a form of torture if you don't pay your bill as you're leaving. And and they've it, whatever else you, you want to do, the, the mountain biking and, and the uh, – what do they call the things, uh, Don, with the two wheels that go shooting – 
Dom's looking at me like, I, I what are you talking understand. about? I don't even understand. You have to. What, what, they, what are they called? What are you trying you know, to you tell take, me? Uh, you mean like a sco- like the scooter? Segway, like the Andrew says. The Segway. Oh. Segway. Neither one of us got it. So anyway, those are fun. Well, I didn't, you didn't make any sense. I'm, how am I supposed to get? That's like me like, hey, Matt, uh, remember that thing? You know, that thing? Remember the thing? Those two, I said those two-wheel things. <laughs> oh, the two-wheel things. You I mean a bike? Done it. <laughs> yeah, well, they have that a too. Mountain That's bike? What I'm saying. Like mountain in that bike video? Is that what you're talking you know about? what else you do? There we go, <laughs> Andrew. Thank you. And the other thing that they do, which is really cool if you've ever done it or not done it, I, I don't know. Look at that. It segues. The two-wheel things. So See, that looks take... safe. I'm down with that. The, the zip lining from the top of a mountain, that scares me. <laughs> you it scares have to do me the... a lot, in fact. You have to do the spin <laughs> on the whole thing. But the other thing that they do, speaking of the top of the mountain, is they'll, they run the lifts. So you can take the lifts up at the height of the most beautiful weather of the year, and you get these stunning views as you go, there they are. I can see it in my preview screen. It's coming at you. Uh, there. Of course, those aren't moving. That, and on occasion, they stop, so you can take in the beauty. So you can take the lifts up to the top of the mountain, and you can see all this beauty. What people normally do is they go up literally like with a gl- glass of wine in their hands. Look at these views. Fairwaysolife.com slash Boeing 2021 if you want to join us. We'd love to have your company and the two-wheel things or otherwise. You know what's going to be funny about that trip, Matt, is like it's going to be a fight between my wife is coming, by the way, on the trip. It'll be the first yeah. time she's ever joined us on any trip anywhere. So if you're interested in meeting my wife, someone chose to marry me. It was a choice and it happened. It's a thing. And, That's why we have uh, to be so nice to her. Most of the trip will be a fight between the golf and non-golf because obviously I'm just going to be like, listen, I'm unavailable. I've got a golf I've got, there's 10 courses. I've got to try all the courses. I have to try them all. It's and my she's job. She's going to say, let's go on the zip line. Let's go on the Segway two wheel. What's that thing with two wheels? The two wheel go on that. She wants to go horseback riding. She yes. thinks she's going to get me to go horseback riding. Dude, I've, I've done that. I've done that. I did horseback riding. Yeah. They put me on a Clydesdale. Right? One of these huge horses. I, I, do they have any of those? What's, what's it called? The dwarf ones where my feet can kind of be on the ground? I'll ride one of those. <laughs> where I can just kind of walk along with the horse. Like well, a this Shetland horse pony, was huge. I don't know what it's, it's called. It's, <laughs> this horse was huge, and its name was Annie. And we were riding, and it was one of, one of our December trips up there because we love to go up during the ski season as well. And uh, Donna was there. Uh, my son, one of my sons was there. And they're all riding their horse, and their horse is doing what they want. And all the rest. My horse decides to take a right and start chewing on some brown grass that was sticking up through the, through the snow. And I was like, come on, come on, horsey, come on. We're supposed to stay in line with all the people. We're going to freeze out here. It was really super cold. It was like 30 below. And the horse just chewing on the grass. Couldn't care <laughs> less. Below. Couldn't care less what I was doing. I horse in 30 below, but whatever. The horse didn't care. And so the person who was in charge of the horses came over and yelled at me. She said, you're allowing the horse to do what it wants to do or something like that. It's a Clydesdale. So I kind of pulled it back. And then when it came back in, instead of stopping, at, you got to get off at like this little stand. It blew right by the stand and went right to the barn because it was cold. Horse didn't care about me and its back. I was just like, that was the end of that. So anyway, fairwayslife.com slash Boeing 2021 if you want to join us for that. We would love to have your company. So 
Obviously, we have a great week of golf coming up with Nathan Group joining us talking about the Travelers Championship, bearing in mind that that is the week after the U.S. Open. The U.S. Opens at Torrey Pines, so we've got that to look forward to. You've got a major this week uh, on the PGA Tour champions, of which our next guest will be a part of that championship coming up. All kinds of really cool stuff. What I'm getting at is whether you're talking about the LPGA, the European Tour, the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour champions, there is so much that's happening. The Corn Ferry Tour, that is really cool, and it lies all in store. Our next guest is somebody that I'm super excited about having on the program. It's, In fact, I'll tell you honestly, it's odd for me to welcome someone to the show and already be excited about the next time that they're on with us. And such is the case with our next guest, Scott Verplank. Scott was part of ESPN Plus featured group coverage of the PGA Championship. He's joining us now, of course, to recount the incredible and historic and unforgettable major championship such as it was. But this man won the 1984 U.S. Amateur, the 1985 Western Open on the PGA Tour while still an amateur, one of only seven ever to do that, by the way. He won the 1985 NCAA individual title. He is a five-time winner on the PGA Tour. He was the PGA Tour Comeback Player of the Year in 1998, the Ben Hogan Award winner in 2002. Scott's played in 65 major championships, finishing the top 10 seven times. He's played in 645 tour stops. He was a member of two United States Ryder Cup teams in 02 and 06. He was on two President's Cup teams in 05 and 07. Obviously, he's not even close to being finished playing competitively as well. He is, as I mentioned, in the field this week at the Senior PGA Championship. So, yes, today we're going to take a few moments of his time, thankfully, to talk to him about what Phil Mickelson did, but I'm very much looking forward to having Scott for playing back soon to talk to him about Scott Verplank and what an incredible career he has had as well. So it's a pleasure to welcome Scott to the show. Scott, how are you holding up? Uh, I'm holding up okay. Thanks for having me on. Absolute delight to have you on the program. How much have you been able to get out to the golf course this week versus kind of balancing that with getting some rest after the week that was? And what are you making of the, of the course? Uh, well, I, I played uh, yesterday in the pro-am. So that's all I've been able to do for the last couple of weeks. But um. The, the redo at Southern Hills um, and all the stuff that they've done to get ready for not only this tournament, but for next year's uh, PGA Championship, it's, it's really good. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, I, I've talked to a couple of buddies that are in the field, and they told me that uh, the golf course is, is playing long because it's, it's kind of soft out there, which I think is, is going to be great as well. Uh, before we jump into Phil, I can't help it. I have to ask you a little bit about Scott for playing. How are you feeling? How's everything going? How are you playing? Um, I would say uh, mediocre, good, and mediocre. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm okay. Everything's going going well. Uh, family's all good, all that stuff. And uh, I haven't been playing a whole lot. Um, so I would say mediocre, but I'm hoping for a spark. The, that spark, as you put it, it do, do you see that as some kind of a gateway to playing more, or where is competitive golf in balance in your life right now? Oh, I still like to play, and I like to compete, um, and I would like to 
I would like to play more if I played better, but uh, I haven't been able to accomplish much of that during this whole pandemic time. And um, I mean, it's okay. Like I said, I, I really enjoy competing. And if I could get just a little bit healthier with my wrist and shoulder and all that good stuff, I probably would be able to play better. But um, I continue to work on it. But I'm some days I'm great and some days I'm just marginal at best. So listen, uh, that's that's the way golf is. That's the way life is. So you just kind of deal with it. True to that. Now you obviously are doing some media of late. How did you like the experience of doing golf on TV? Well, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I got to, I, I've done a few tournaments now. Um, mm -hmm. And I did the Byron Nelson the week before the PGA, and it was actually walking uh, for two days, and then I was in the tower for two days. And then this last week, um, during the PGA, I had the feature group coverage for the ESPN Plus. And it was a lot of work, but I was fortunate enough to have Phil Mickelson uh, three of the four days and I had the last group on Saturday and Sunday. So that was a pretty good assignment uh, to be able to watch that and try to help explain um, what was going on and what was happening as far as the golf shots go. It's an interesting way that you phrased it, uh, Scott Verplank, to try to explain what was going on. I guess that's where I would pick up and bounce the same question back at you. What went on? What happened? <laughs> well, it was, um, Phil was three over after six, you know, of course he's in the very first group that I'm doing and I've been friends with Phil a long time and, and, uh, always enjoyed being around him and, and admired his golf. Um, but, uh, he didn't, he didn't start off very good and actually pretty poorly. And I was kind of thinking, yeah, you know, Phil's just staying along this path not playing very good. And then, um, he knocked it on the green in two on seven at par five and made birdie and, and kind of strove along and then hit a wonderful bunker shot on the 10th hole um, from the right, you know, sandy area after his drive went over there and hit it up there about five feet and made the putt. And all of a sudden it was like, well, not playing that bad. And then he just kind of blitzed the back nine. And from that point on, he pretty much whipped everybody's butt. So, he really did. I watched got watched almost every shot he hit, but a lot of other guys, you know, like Brooks and Louie, and uh, they were in the groups that I was covering with Phil, and he just played better than everybody else. The, to that point, uh, Scott Replank, there, there's we've talked over the last couple of days a lot about the elements that went into this this victory, whether we're talking about the meditation, whether we're talking about the efforts on focus that are tied therein as well. Uh, his swing plane looked brilliant. His club position looked brilliant. And, and Mark Carnevale, who was on with us earlier, who was out there with you, also spoke about him swinging within himself, to use his term. Uh, so I guess that the question I would ask you, realizing that it's a combination of multiple things, but what did you see that was different about this Phil Mickelson that marched on to this historic victory? Um, I mean, honestly, the first two days, the thing I saw different was was he was driving it in the fairway, um, which, you know, I kind of felt like if Phil drives it in the fairway, then he can still play with anybody. I mean, it was obviously a short game as superb. Um, 
Pitts' iron's good. I mean, really good. So, listen, um, starting out, after he kind of got off to a slow start and he started hitting the fairway and making birdies, I was pretty impressed. I'm like, yeah, he's he's doing well. But then on the weekend, did not hit as many fairways. But other than, than really, other than the one tee shot on um, 13 on Saturday, where he kind of pulled, kind of really pulled, hooked his two wood off the tee, Mm -hmm. um, he drove it he good. Now, he didn't hit all the fairways, but he always missed in the right spot. And, and that's kind of, uh, in my opinion, that's kind of how you can, can win that golf tournament. You know, he did not get himself in major trouble. I think that was the only, that was the only double bogey that he made, which was the, I mean, that was kind of the place. If you play a golf course like that, you're going to make some bogeys. But the key is don't make any double bogeys. And he made that one on Saturday. Um, and then he just, he fought his way around. Like I said, missed the ball in the right place, uh, was able to recover better than everybody else to the tune of a two shot victory. So, um, it was impressive. I realize, uh, Scott for Plank, that it's, that it's easy for all of us to say, well, we're not surprised that Phil Mickelson did it after he has done it. Uh, but does it in any way shock you? that Phil Mickelson would be the guy to end up being the oldest major champion of all time? Um, no, it almost would shock me if he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, just, he still, listen, he does everything. He has made the massive commitment to staying young. Um, you know, whether it's from drinking his coffee or, or the fasting thing or, or just, you know, what he likes to call hitting bombs. I mean, he's done everything he can do in the last two or three years to to pick up speed, hit it further. Um, I think that's what thrills him is being able to hit it out there uh, past Brooks Kepka every now and then. Yeah. And, and I think that's what keeps him motivated. I mean, he loves that. I mean, he's like a little kid, which is a huge compliment. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, good for him. I He's defined age by... Uh, trying to do the things he's doing. Given the role that you had doing television inside the ropes, if you please, once again, in that capacity and being around and near Phil throughout the course of the week, was there a moment or a moments plural where you had some kind of interaction with Phil where he actually saw you there or, or was able to talk to you for a, for a moment? No, no, I was, listen, I, I just texted with him all week at night. Really? I, I was actually... I was in a studio, so um, I was not walking with his group. I wish I would have been, because it would have been cool right there at the very end. Yeah. Um, but I was like an analyst uh, for the group. So I, like I said, I basically explained what was going on the best, the best I could and sure. um, got feedback from the one guy that was on the ground. So, well, you did. I mean, I watched a lot of what you were doing. I, I didn't know where you were. I thought you were on the ground, too. But uh, so you were in studio doing it was great. I thought your contributions have been excellent. And the preceding uh, tournaments that I saw you as a part of as well. I didn't know that you were on the course. I heard them throwing. Let's find out what Scott thinks about this until I'm waiting until they fonted it. And I saw that it was actually you in the golf course. So I think it's it's awesome. But and again, I think it's kind of a revelation of character of who he is. You said you were texting all week with Phil Mickelson. I get that he's your friend, but this is a major championship and he's in the hunt and he's answering your texts. 
I mean, that's that that to me speaks about the, the 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 character of Phil Mickelson that he didn't shut off the world. He stayed engaged. Oh yeah, listen, Phil is as long as it's a good joke or something funny, Phil's going to answer. Um, yeah, he's he's fine. Listen, most guy. It just depends on you know. I was texting with Ricky Fowler and Victor Hoblin, all the guy Oklahoma State guys, and most guys are fine. Listen, they're all. Uh, humans and yeah most of them we've been friends you know i've been lucky enough to be friends with a lot of the guys for a long time and um they knew i was doing some television stuff so they were willing to give me you know a little extra uh time or whatever you want to call it or just you know if i asked them a question or something what they were thinking then that was pretty good so i guess that's an advantage um that i've been lucky enough to access is that i'm friends with most of the guys that i would cover and that would i could talk to him if i needed to yeah rightfully so you that is absolutely a position that you have earned with your very impressive uh, resume scott for playing well dude it was it was great catching up with you i'm excited about this week for you i hope uh, things go well i i hope that you surprise yourself and and play great and it, and it is the spark that you were looking for on the competitive side that you mentioned and and hope that you also have a chance to do more television because you're great at it but Mostly, thank you for your time today. It was great. You bet. Um, I appreciate the kind words and the opportunity. It was good to see you. That was Scott Verplank joining us on the Fairways of Life show this morning. And thank you to all of you for joining us on the Fairways of Life show this morning. Thanks to Carney for being on earlier in the show. So we've got a lot, as you heard Dom talking about press conference schedules and everything that lies in store. We've got a lot still to cover for you in the days that lie ahead, including giving you scores from golf as it starts to come through. It will When we come on the air tomorrow, the European Tour will be underway. And before we wrap up, we're going to be able to give you, at the end of the week, scores from throughout the world of golf. And we will do that in, on top of all of our guests. So thank you for your time. Have a great Wednesday. And until we are together again, goodbye for now.